Hello, everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik Chanko, and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Today's guest is Kevin McHugh, the Chief Operating Officer of the Atlantic Club on the topics of industry advocacy and medical fitness. We discuss the inroads the National Health and Fitness Alliance and Team 435 are making with giving the industry a larger voice, the connection between advocacy and medical fitness, and much more. Kevin is super passionate and knowledgeable in these areas, and it's a great conversation. Enjoy. Hi, Kevin, and welcome to the podcast. How are you? Great, Rachel. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. Um, I've got a couple of very important topics to discuss with you, and that includes political advocacy and medical fitness. But yeah. let's start with the advocacy component. Um, and yeah, I would love to know what's the latest on Team 435 because I know that's something you're super passionate about. Yeah, no, I, I am, and it's uh, it's really gaining a lot of momentum. Uh, we have about 391 of the 435 districts covered. Uh, and it's, it's covered by uh, a whole, from every sector, you know, we had great support from uh, Club Solutions and any other uh, trade publications. And it's, it's, it's URSA clubs, it's MFA clubs, it's people from IDEA, it's people from ACE, uh, and it was just uh, independence. And so uh, we have YMCAs, we've uh, JCCs. So it's a whole, 435 is truly a hybrid of the industry. Uh, just the other day, we had an example of uh, each month we send out a mailing to all uh, of the districts, to the, the people that are responsible for their districts. And uh, last week was on, last month was on FIT, uh, the, uh, the, the bill that we're trying to move through Congress, whether it's this year or next year. Uh, but there was a young woman in a, a state of Iowa uh, that actually, I have no idea who she is. She does not uh, work at a health club, but she's very passionate about the fitness industry. And she wound up taking our, becoming a master of the information that we gave her, went to her congresspersons. Uh, they had a, a open house for the congresswoman. Uh, she asked a question, the congresswoman about the FIP, which she support a program like the FIP bill. The congresswoman said, sure, I would, I would love to uh, find out more about, met with her after the meeting, where the TV station was there because the, the congresswoman was there and the TV station was thinking about, uh, would she be interested in coming on TV? Now, here's a young, passionate fitness professional that I would have no idea ever knowing, but through 435, she is now advocating for the fitness industry. Wow. So that's, that's what the composition of 435 is. There's a lot of people that would now not normally ever have gotten in the game. And, you know, that's, that's the exciting part because that's probably the 10th or 11th story that we've gotten about how people that uh, you would think would be afraid to go to their congressperson's office are, they don't know, you know, they're just following, just going for it. And yeah. uh, we've gotten great success where we have veterans in the industry that are afraid to, to go and talk to a, a congresswoman or a congressman. So um, it's been a, a great learning experience. It's uh, we're in a we're in a third month of uh, building the team into uh, becoming masters of what we need in the fitness industry and, and building the image. But last two months ago, we started the Senate uh, leadership group. So now we've got uh, 46 states covered uh, with people that are dealing with the Senate, and then we've got the 391 districts being covered for the House. So. 
I would I'd be very excited, you know, by the by Ursa next year, uh, how impactful this these two teams are in with one message and really all doing the same thing every month. So it's it's been really exciting. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of good momentum for the industry in getting a larger voice. Yeah, and the same with the same message. So yeah. our goal is that the 391 districts get the same exact message every month. Yeah. Instead of different messages. And they all get uh communicated to whether uh they um listen to it, uh, they'll eventually listen to it because what, what happens is a lot of people go to congressmen and congresswomen and they want a one hit time. The office staff knows that because they've been living it for you know all their, their careers. When you keep coming back in, back in, back in, back in, then you become someone that, okay, so this person is serious about it. You know, they, they've, they've contacted me for the last four months. They're not looking for anything. They're trying to inform us. And, and uh, you know, so we hope that that along with a major push uh, next May uh, for the whole health and fitness industry to come together to show uh, the country how impactful we are um, you know, our goal is 5,000 major events going on during the month of May uh, that are for people that are underserved, people that are uh, not necessarily our members, uh, but going beyond our four walls. So that, you know, that's that's the exciting things that the NHFA is working on to help the, the FIT group, you know, have more ammunition under the FIT group, but the team 435 in the Senate, yeah. you go in there and say, the, Congressman, this is what we're doing in your district. And, you know, do you want to show up for it? But but then when we go to DC and we want to we want to meet with them or find out different things, but they know who we are. And so yeah. it's come a long way since COVID. That's the key. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the FIT Act a couple of times. Can you give me an update on that and what kind of momentum it's getting? Yeah, I we were just we were just uh, meeting on that uh, earlier this week. Uh, it's a hundred percent bipartisan. There's 38 in the House. There's 38 Republicans that are co-sponsored, 38 Democrats that are co-sponsored. That's uh, rare. Got about, <laughs> I think we've got something like 15 senators right now. Uh, right, you know, we would love to be able to get back up to the Jim's Act, which had over 150, but with the elections going on and every congressperson uh, now going up for re-election, the, you really have to take a break uh, from them until after the election's over. Now, yeah, uh, there's a lot of a lot of things going on too with the FIT Act. Is that uh, it makes more sense than ever because when we had the FIT Act in the past, a lot of people were not uh, in the uh, lower income levels were not uh, able to have HSAs or FSAs. But in the past couple of years, the Obama the uh, Affordable Care Act. Uh, now offers HSAs uh, in it. So a person that has a high deductible plan in, in the affordable care now is able to have their own HSA. That wasn't, when we were doing the FIT Act before, uh, when it uh, didn't get through the Senate, but got through the House, it was it was thought as, oh, this is a bill for the wealthy people, but it's not. It's, mm -hmm. it's now gone to being a, a very bipartisan bill. So whether it gets through this year, uh, or not, we're just going to keep educating uh, our Congress people uh, and our senators on FIT so that they know what it is. Not enough people knew what it was. And now that we're getting better, I mean, it, if every chief of staff knows what FIT means uh, in whether the Senate, then when the, the congressman is up for a vote, you know, and he has to make a decision to vote for it, he's not going to be surprised. But what is FIT? They're going to know what it is. So we have a very limited time right now between now and the end of the year. 
Uh, but there is some talk that there will be some pieces of legislation, whether it's tax or it's mental health, that fit makes all the sense in the world to be part of that package. Uh, because it does deal with mental health, it does it does reward movement, it does reward you know taking you know uh, responsibility for crime, disease, youth sports uh, leagues are all covered, youth sports equipment is covered, uh, and and health clubs are covered. You know, so uh, if you if your dues are eighty five dollars a month, I believe, um, or less, then the, the whole year could be covered through your HSA. Wow. So. Uh, would that make people think about exercise a little bit more? It, it might, it might incentivize them to that. Yeah, certainly. Well, is there anything else that you want to update um, the industry on in regards to the work, the national health and fitness Alliance, Liz Clark or Ursa are doing? Yeah. I mean, uh, Liz is doing a great job and she's uh, she was in the meeting earlier this week. She's uh, constantly trying to build relationships to, to get the, you know, get, get the word out about fitness and, and, and really build our presence on the, on the Hill. Uh, but one of the other important things about uh, team, you know, project 435 or team 435 and the others is uh, there's going to be other pieces of legislation that we should be doing. So, uh, and we don't know what those are yet, but if we do, if we do find something that we should go after, we can, we can really mobilize quickly and you know effectively, uh, so fit is one of those areas that's on our mind today. But there's some really bad legislation that's going on uh, across the country that maybe we can we can all address as one. Uh, you know, so uh, I I look at it as you know Team 435. When if you were to interview me in three or four years, which I'm not sure you'd be interviewing somebody else, but. <laughs> Uh, you'd say, oh my God, I can't believe, I remember when that was in its infancy stage, but you know, you know, the, the health and fitness industry pretty much has the most uh, powerful, you know, group of uh, advocacy uh, people uh, in the, of any industry, because we are in every single congressional district. We have relationships with every chief of staff and not, not, nobody else can say that. Yeah. Passionate people that have businesses in their area. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah, we certainly have a lot of potential when it comes to advocacy power. Right. Yes, we do. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and we're just getting started. And uh, and to think that you can go from pretty much zero to where you want to be, you know, in six months or nine months, but it's it's come a long way. And, and the great part is there's a lot of new people in the industry being recognized. It, it's not the same group. It's it's a lot of new people from different sectors, too. So it's 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 really nice. Certainly. Yeah. Well, let's transition to medical fitness. And I think that does kind of tie into the advocacy part too, because right. medical fitness does lend a lot of credibility to the industry. Um, I know that's something that you're um, passionate about as well. Um, let's talk about the recent partnership that you just um, started a few months ago with Cooper Aerobics. What can you tell me about it? Yeah. So we, um, we, it was about this time last year that we, we started the process. Uh, and then we were able to, uh, close it all up in uh, last April. Uh, but there's a lot of, uh, there was some uh, work that we had to do to get certified in all the different disciplines that whether it's heart, diabetes, uh, arthritis, cancer, uh, Parkinson's. And so we have, we, we spent all this time getting that, uh, those certifications done. So actually on November 1st, we're actually, well, actually it's the week before November 1st, we're launching a uh, real hard push with Cooper uh, in the marketplace. Uh, we just recently had Dr. Cooper here 
um, and his son, uh, Dr. Cooper gave a presentation to about 150 people in our community. And then his son at our medical advisory council dinner uh, spoke about uh, the, the Cooper Clinic and Cooper Aerobic Center and, and the fact of uh, you can be very comfortable with a Cooper program because it's been vetted. It's not, it's not written by a health club. It's, it's, it's being administered by a health club. And the only people that can administer it are people that are certified in it. And so uh, it gave our medical advisory council a lot of uh, confidence that they could feel comfortable recommending men. So we're, we're at the infancy stages of that, but we were, we're fully uh, equipped uh, we kick off a special trial membership with the Cooper Fit Assessment next week, uh, where members can take the Cooper Fit Assessment and then thirty and, and enjoy the club for thirty days, uh, just to see if exercise is the right thing for them. Right. So yeah. uh, there's a lot there's a lot moving on to that. And the most important thing, Rachel, on that I get out of it is advocacy and medical fitness. Uh, have to work hand in hand. And it, it has to be that clubs stop just being within their four walls. Yeah. We have a responsibility for the underserved people in our communities, whether you're the Atlantic Club or you're a, a, a high volume, low price uh, ent entry. We can't just be serving our members. We, we have to go beyond that. And we have to realize as part of our business plan that we, we have to be doing things in neighborhoods that we normally wouldn't be at. And the Interesting statistic that Dr. Cooper always talks about is if I can take someone that's in very poor health, uh, just to poor health, I could change the entire United States. That's how it's, it's the benefit of taking a person from very poor health to poor health means you have to get them moving. You have to get them walking. No, they don't have to be on a treadmill. No, they don't have to be uh, uh, taking group exercise classes. They just have to go from very poor to poor. Will we eventually get them possibly into a health club setting? Yes, but opening up health clubs in the inner city is not the solution. Getting people moving in the inner cities that, that have chronic disease or, or things of that nature. I'm not saying just inner cities and chronic. We handle the people with chronic disease outside the inner cities. I mean, we, 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 our, our facilities do that. But the, where they're very, the underserved people is where advocacy comes in. And then... If we do that as an industry, and then we go to our Congress people and say, look what we're doing for the people that the underserved people. Nobody else is doing that. We, we care about their health and longevity. And 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 we're and here's we're evidencing that. Whether we, we do it virtually, whether we do it with special events, but we should be working as a uh, you know a collective group and say, how do we change the health from a very poor to poor? I'm not just talking in, in the communities that we serve, but you know, a little bit outside that community. And, and then, then we have a real advocacy message. I, I really think they can work hand in hand. And, and we were working uh, last May with a group uh, and we just had a walk. Uh, it was called a glow walk. And we did it at nighttime. And we gave everybody that showed up for this walk in this park uh, glow sticks so that when, uh, and it got dark at night and, and all you could see was the, the people wearing the necklaces walking around a park. That's all, we weren't asking them to stop and do one of the exercise machines on the side of the, of the walkway on the park. We just mm -hmm. wanted them to walk, right? So, so the, the key is that if we can get communities to just get people to their parks and to, to just uh, help them move and, and in the world of virtual now, and maybe there are some things on eating, but 
you know, we have to remember that when we're taking someone from zero uh, up to 10, you know, to, you know, zero to 10% versus zero to 100%. I, I can't give the same uh, virtual nutrition class to people that don't have a listening for it right now. We, we have mm -hmm. baby steps there. And, and in the world today, we have, we have the talent to do it. I mean, there's no doubt that our industry can do this uh, and, and scale it. But I really think that commercial fitness has a reputation that it doesn't deserve that it's, it's just for the beautiful people. And that's, that's why we all got shut down because we were, it was just for the beautiful people. They, if Congress realized that our beautiful people are probably 15% of our membership and the other 85% are people that they wouldn't consider beautiful people, yeah. uh, they wouldn't have, they, they wouldn't have had the power to shut us down. And, and if we really understood, which we didn't, how much that hurt our for nine months or eight months being shut down, the people that were the 85% of our membership and what it did to them personally and, and physically, we as a industry would have been a lot more powerful and say, do you realize what you're doing? You're killing people. You're, you're, you're changing. You're, you have really, COVID is, is the least of your problems. You know, inactivity is much more, is, is truly much more dangerous than COVID ever could be. You know, if, and, and the people that got impacted by COVID are people that we should be spending our time now making sure that, that the next COVID is going to still impact the deconditioned people. It's still going to affect those same, you know, it's people with heart disease. Or, so what are we doing today for the next thing that pops up? And it may not be a COVID, but we're just not doing enough right now. And I think advocate, you know, as an industry, I think that's what we're going to be talking about at Ursa and we're going to be talking, is that, you know, we have to be more uh, out there telling people what our story is. And, and that, yeah. you know, what, what are we really as a fitness industry doing? Um, because then a congressman may understand much more uh, and we have to give them that support because their voters, a lot of times are in, in, a, are in the cities. Our clubs are in the suburbs a lot of the times, right? So, so they need to take care of the people in the inner city. And uh, if we do that for them, that's probably better than a, a thousand dollar donation. You know, whatever, you know, so it's uh, yeah, because your constituents are happy. Yeah. So um, ultimately, be advocates for health, fitness and mental health and movement versus advocates for a gym membership. Yeah, I agree. And we're going to be we're going to be just fine as a uh, industry by the by the 20 percenters or whatever we want to say. For us to go to the 85 percent, I mean, I'll, I'll give you one statistic, and it kind of pertains to uh, the 80 percent that we always talk about. But there was a, a statistic about um, if you wanted to uh, join the military, and they're saying, why are we having a problem joining the military? It's because um, you can't, the number of people that are candidates to join the military is like 20 percent of the 100 percent of the kids that are active age. 80% or can't even join the military yeah. because they either have a drug record, they have a, um, uh, it's a, a serious condition, but a lot of it is because they can't qualify uh, from, a, you know, some, you know, educational issues, but they, there's a, the vast majority can't qualify physically yeah. for uh, becoming a person in the military. So, Liz is looking at that as saying, okay, so if you want to go into the military and you're not conditioned right, our industry is going to figure out a way to help you. But but so 
the same thing is there too. I mean, out of that 80% that we all talk about, how many really want to ever come? And we saw a stat last week. There's only like 18% of that 80% that have any desire to even ever, ever think about joining a health club. So, mm -hmm. so we have to figure out how to get to that 18% first instead of going broadly to that. So uh, medical yeah. fitness does do that though. And yeah. uh, because, but it has to do it in a way that's not fake. You know, so it's not about selling the membership. It, it's it's getting into a program, getting outcomes, and then them asking us, can you tell me more about your club? Because it's it's not about the club, it's about the program. And we're spending all this money on the Atlanta Club trying to convince uh, the public that we're, we're about your program and we're about your outcomes. And we know that some of you will join this club. So we're not, we're not going to hide behind the fact that, yes, we know some of you are going to join the club. And some of you would swear that you're never going to join the club. But you go through the program, you realize this, this actually could work. Yeah. But we're not going to, we don't, you know, our sales team does not touch those people that are in our medical fitness programs until they actually ask, can you, can you tell me some more about your club? And then they go to our membership team. We protect yeah. that because our doctors that refer people also don't want to be referring people to a health club. They want to be referring people to a program. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And this is where partnerships, like you mentioned, can be super helpful, whether that's Cooper Aerobics. And then you guys even partnered with Hackensack Meridian Health to do right. a mental health workshop series, right? Can you talk right. about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, I think we, we talked uh, a couple of months back and I said, I, I, I can't imagine that any health club wouldn't have a priority uh, mental health because of the amount of people that have been impacted since COVID on mental health. There's no place, you probably don't even have to invest that much money in, in, in putting together a, a mental health focused uh, uh, curriculum because you already have a lot of the things going on every day. They, you already are given the opportunity to exercise. And we know that five minutes exercise can change a mood. We already have mind-body classes uh, at the club, but we're not packaging it. And so uh, with Hackensack Meridian, uh, for us to run, uh, for a health club to run a mental health virtual workshop series would be a little bit suspect because we're not experts, mm -hmm. right? And so my yoga instructor is not an expert, right? Uh, they they're great and they and and they can definitely be part of the of the solution. But what we did with Hackensack Radiance, we said we'll give you the execution if can you give us the doctors and the and the experts and so that when when we're we're saying something in our pre, in our monthly uh, uh, calls uh, Zoom calls that we have with the people, um, you're you're vetted. You you're you're telling you would you're telling them something that has been research based. It's not something that I think is 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 true, uh, because you're only going to give them facts and figures that they can act on or not act on. And then what we'll do is we'll we'll take that that theme and we'll make it work, and we'll provide free classes to these for the attendees to see how they want to uh, address things. So that relationship has been great for us. We're going to continue it in 2023, uh, and we may even go into a different discipline with them besides just mental health. Awesome. Yep. Well, is there anything else on medical fitness or advocacy you think is important to share with the industry? Uh, yeah, I, I think that um, the one thing with when it comes to advocacy is that it's it's not difficult. It just it's it requires that uh, 
you're willing to make a phone call, you're willing to send an email. Uh, how much time does it take to be on Team 435? Probably, if it takes an hour a month, it would be, it, it probably is a half hour a month. Uh, but it's it's a half hour every month. It's not, it's not every other month that you do it. So if, when you sign on, uh, you're gonna you're signing on that you're gonna do this 12 times a year. And uh and 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 what you get for that is a thank you. That's that's what you get. Uh, mm -hmm. and you'll also get a you'll you'll get a learning, you'll you'll learn a lot. Uh I guarantee that that young lady that was in uh Iowa had no idea how much she was going to learn about the industry, how much she was going to learn about the political system, about how things work in Washington uh, before she actually uh, joined, you know, Team 435. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, uh, I believe that advocacy isn't a comp. Over the years, it was always somebody else needs to do it because they're, they've got the, the experience, they've got the knowledge. They, there are people that have that and they're called lobbyists but lobbyists only work well when they've got local people. And so when a lobbyist can, can tie into local people, they're very powerful. And so that's what we're giving to our lobbyists is you got four, you're 391 districts now covered. You want to call any one of them, contact our person in, four, in team 435, and uh, they'll be on the call with you, you know, and things of that nature. So, and the same thing with our Senate group now too. So uh, for example, in Florida, if the lobbyists wanted to talk to uh, Senator Rubio, they know that Jeff Dyer and Joe Cirilli will be on that call. Yeah. They don't have to, they don't have to hesitate and say, who do you think should be on the call? No, those are the two people in Florida that that lobbyist would call. And so there's no questions anymore that, that they, we've got the games, the, the team set up and now is how much do we use it? Yeah. Yeah. I think the key message is get involved. It's important mm -hmm. and just do what you can um, big or small. Um, and also, thank you, Kevin, for all of the hard work you've put into advocacy over the years. Um, I know that you're spending much more than 30 minutes a month <laughs> on it, so it's yeah. greatly appreciated, and you're making a huge impact. And then, when it comes to medical fitness, start small. Don't I mean, we're not a good example. Uh, if a person was thinking about how to get involved with medical fitness, uh, where we are today versus if where we started, we started 11 years ago. Uh, at being a commercial club in a, uh, a, a space that was really for hospitals. And Pat Laws, the owner said, no, we're, we, we deserve that same space just like a hospital deserves the same space. And that's how we, we built it up. But you can start off with a, an arthritis program. Uh, mm -hmm. You can start off with a, uh, a Parkinson's program. You don't have to have all the things that we, you'll, you'll eventually want it, but you don't have to spend a lot of money to get involved with it. But what you have to, be, though, is you have to commit it, be committed to providing the highest level of certification for the people that are going to do those programs. You can't just have an arthritis program or a cancer exercise, a cancer program and not have a cancer exercise specialist yeah. that, is, that understands it. You know, that, that's in the past, I think a lot of things, will, they'll, they'll do a program and it's just a trainer that decides they, they're interested in it, but they're not certified in it. And, and the type of programs, I mean, take a look at this, whether it's Mayo whether it's Cooper, there are there are programs that you can buy very inexpensively that you don't write and and that when you're talking to your members, they'd much rather see something that's from Cooper or Mayo or Johns Hopkins than something that's written by that club. And so 
train to the train to the curriculum that's already vetted. And I do believe you can get you, you a lot of people can get involved with this medical fitness. And the more people that do it, the stronger industry will be. Yeah, certainly. Awesome. Well, Kevin, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. It's always good to talk to you. Yep. Well, thanks. I appreciate all the stuff that you've done for uh, you were the first ones, um, Team 435. So I want to thank you for that. And, uh, oh. <laughs> you know, we started that and we had, we probably had six people. So, uh, you know, and you kept following up and following up and putting our maps out there. So uh, thank you that you were a, a tremendous help to the industry on that. Oh, thanks, Kevin. Well, that's important. So happy to provide our support. Mm-hmm. Very good. And that wraps up this episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachel at clubsolutionsmagazine.com.